the preseason is on our doorstep here at Locked On Jaguars as the official open training camp has come to a close. The scrimmage is in our rearview mirror, and we are ready to take on the Saints this upcoming Thursday at TIAA Bank Field. Welcome to the Locked On Jaguars podcast. I am your host, Zach Goodall. Be sure to throw me a follow on Twitter at Zach underscore Goodall, as well as my co-host, Chris Thornton, at Misto Christopho. Hopefully, his Twitter account doesn't get hacked for a second time, like how his Instagram got hacked last night at Everbank Field at the scrimmage. I'm holding the Jaguars liable. Just kidding. Uh, but, I mean, it did happen on their Wi-Fi, so uh, I won't do anything. I won't say anything because I don't want to get sued, but, you know, rip my Instagram for now. Oh, didn't it get some weird, like, Russian name or something like that? I mean, if y'all want to go see it, you can... <laughs> you can you can follow at Misto Christopho, same thing on all platforms. Except Instagram. <laughs> except Instagram. Right now, my Instagram, which is run by a Russian person, per the email, uh, is run by a Landagda Evelyn. So, go give <laughs> Landagda Evelyn a follow if you want to see what I had posted before I lost control of my account. Well, if you want to see something, an account that Chris actually has control over, which I really don't know why you would, be sure to follow Misto Christopho on Twitter. And most importantly, follow the Locked On Jaguars handle itself, at Locked On Jaguars. Subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, wherever you're listening to us from right now, honestly. Just go ahead and leave that review. You're there already. Uh, bookmark the site, look, LockedOnJaguars.com. we got a lot of content coming your way. A couple new guys that are going to be hopping on the staff as we get ready to take on the 2018 season. But before we get into the 2018 season, we're going to talk about the 2018 training camp. We were there all week. Uh, we were both on the other side of the ropes, taking as many observations as we could, really trying to get a feel for how this team is going to perform on both sides of the ball as we get ready for another run at the AFC South, as well as hopefully to the Super Bowl this year. We were just short last year. Uh, We're going to start with a couple guys that really impressed us during training camp. There were several guys on both sides of the ball that made a big impact. A couple surprises, a couple guys you kind of expected. Uh, Everyone was watching quarterback Blake Bortles. I thought it was probably one of the best camps he's had. I don't think he made either of our lists, however, because we were kind of expecting him to take that next step. So, Chris, who are some of the guys that you were impressed by out there on the field? So first off uh, on this list is a guy who I feel really needs to step up this year or else he won't be on the team next year. Uh, And it was a position that we wanted to address in free agency in the draft, and they never really did, but maybe for good measure. And uh, that is right guard AJ Can. AJ has had a pretty solid camp. Uh, You could tell that he's kind of really fixed a lot of fundamental issues that he's been having. Uh, But he just seems to have more power. His base looks better. Uh, he's been holding his own against some pretty good defensive linemen on this Jaguars team. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how he goes against an actual defense in a preseason game uh, compared to his own where, you know, not everybody's going 100%. So A.J. Ken's uh, number one on my list. A.J. I thought had a much improved camp compared to years past and seasons past. Like you said, his base looked a lot better. He looked tougher almost, especially in one-on-ones. You didn't really see him losing too many of those reps which is kind of a surprise a lot of people did view him as the weakest part of this offensive line but hopefully as the group continues to mesh uh, as it's much improved this past year hopefully they take an even bigger step this year in 
you know, opening holes in the run game, protecting Blake Bortles. These are important things, and hopefully Ken can step up to the challenge. My first, uh, my first guy that I was really impressed by was second-round pick DJ Chark. I wrote about him several times during the week. Pretty much every other tweet out of Team Drills came about DJ Chark for me at that point. He just looked all-around solid. He was hitting routes on every level of the route tree, uh, all, all different areas of the field. He was able to make an impact. He was separating a lot better than we saw him do in college. His technique looked a little more refined. He had, I think, two drops in total, and they both came on the first first practice. One of them was kind of a bad pass, so I didn't really count it too much against him, but the second was kind of a bad one. But I wrote during the week because I figured I'd go ahead and just track routes throughout the entire camp, but it was at the point where Chark was performing so well, I went ahead and got the piece out that he had like nine receptions and they literally came on every type of route you could think of. And the development has been key. I expected him to end up being a real good player for this team. I just thought it would really take some time for him to grow, but it looks like Keenan McCardell, the Jaguars receiver coach and former great, has really groomed him up real well. And I wouldn't be shocked if he's this team's number one receiver before the season's over. Yeah. I mean, we saw post draft, uh, video that uh, it was either Coughlin or Caldwell that said to McCardell that he finally got his guy. So we know McCardell really, uh, probably wanted shark in the pre-draft process. And when he did on draft night, uh, you could probably tell that he's definitely going to mold him into a very good offensive weapon. For sure. That's something that even Caldwell said about how he the team looked to trade up. It was as early as sometime very early in the second round that they were starting to look to trade up because they wanted Chark real bad. So he's going to be he's going to be a real threat for this team and although we thought he'd be more of a deep threat guy, he could very well be someone that makes plays all over. But Chris, who are the next two guys on your list? So another guy is somebody who a lot of people in draft Twitter thought was going to get drafted but ended up going undrafted and then the first wave of UDFAs that Zach broke after the draft, uh <laughs> cornerback Quentin Meeks. He's had a really good camp and I think he has a really good chance to make this roster as a depth cornerback. Uh, we I wrote a piece on that on LockedOnJaguars.com if you want to check that out between Patman and Meeks, uh, two guys that I think are almost locks at this point to make the roster in the cornerback group. Uh, Meeks has had a just a really good camp. Has had a lot of uh, pass breakups. I'm not sure how many interceptions if he has any. Uh, I think he had one. I but, think there was one early on. But he's just he seems to have a knack for the ball. The one thing is his acceleration and speed, which was an uh, red flag on his draft portfolio coming in uh, but oh all in all he hasn't really been getting torched a whole lot there's a few drills that he has but all in all he seems to be picking up the pace of the NFL pretty well definitely uh, Meeks has looked really good another undrafted corner Trey Herndon's looked really good they both seem to be guys that have a knack for the ball so I'll be curious to see exactly if they have to pick one or the other of the two, or if they end up keeping both. And then before I go on to my two, one will also have to do with the depth corner position. Chris, who was your last observation? Uh, it's not an uprising guy. We know him very well. Uh, defensive end Yannick Ngakwe. He has had a really good camp as well. He, from last year to this year, he's developing more pass rush moves. He came out and said that he'd learned some from Von Miller at the Pro Bowl, uh, one of which I was able to get a pretty good video on on Twitter. Uh of him basically he kind of bull rushes Parnell for a little bit and then once Parnell gets stood up he kind of yanks him back to throw him on the ground 
so that could be an interesting move to see him use this year. I'm sure he probably has more that we haven't seen or have gotten on video. But I think Yannick is in for a huge year this year. I've already pegged him at 16-plus sacks, so uh, I'm hoping he has way more than that. But 16, I think, is a number that's very manageable for Yannick to get at this point. The thing is with that one move that you mentioned before I get to my guys is... Yes, the more moves he can add, the more like versatile type of pass rusher, more dominant he can become. <laughs> but Yannick is 6'3", 250 pounds. Jeremy Parnell 6'6", 320 pounds. And the fact that he can push into a guy that much bigger's chest and then yank him, it's I think it's a rip move. And each time that he pulled it on Parnell, he did it three separate times during one-on-ones. Parnell landed face first on the ground. I'm not kidding. It was truly a sight to see, and it's going to be one of those moves that if he can do that against someone like Parnell, he could do that against most guys, and that could end up being a real dominant move for the third-year pass rusher. My two other um, guys that really stood out, one was Corey Grant, the running back. I think the team is going to end up carrying three running backs this year rather than four like they did last year with Yeldon being the primary passing downs back, guy that can really pass block, catch out of the backfield, and Grant will be the change of pace guy. He's so speedy. He continued to flash that. He was always he was broke off on a lot of long runs that they'd call dead early, but you can tell like there was no one that was going to be able to stop him throughout the entire training camp, through the scrimmage, and they really tried to incorporate a lot more checkdowns to the running backs. I think that's something they're really going to try and build on this year. Grant had a lot of those where it was the same type of thing. He would be able to turn, make a play, and turn up field and get, go get a lot of chunk yardage, and that's something that's going to be valuable in this offense, especially with his speed. Then my third guy who impressed me the most was cornerback uh, Tyler Patman. It's his second year in the system. He had eight interceptions last year in training camp, and I think he had another two this year and countless amount of pass breakups. He was the first-team corner while Jalen Ramsey was – you know, attending to the birth of his child and being sure his family was all good. So he filled in very role, uh, well in that role and continued to see a lot of reps when Ramsey made his way back. I think he'll be the primary depth corner for all three, um, both sides of the field on the boundary and in the nickel with maybe Herndon and Meeks as well filling a role. And I have an honorable mention, won't really go on about him, but I thought Cody Kessler had a very solid camp. He played exclusively with the twos throughout the entire camp. He was really, really accurate. For most part, he could make throws on the run, even the short ones. He just seems to be a true fit. And I think he'll end up being a solid backup cornerback, a quarterback. My apologies. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I was talking about cornerbacks before, so I had to go ahead and continue talking about it. My favorite position. But when we come back, we're going to start talking a little bit more about the scrimmage. And then after that, we'll look forward to the Saints game. Hey, Jaguars fans. The NFL season is right around the corner. This season, don't sit around watching the Jaguars from home when you can be at TIAA Bank Field cheering in person thanks to Vivid Seats. They offer great prices for NFL games and all live events, and Vivid Seats is offering Locked On Jaguars listeners 10% off your first ticket order when you use our exclusive promo code Locked On. That's Locked On, all one word. This is for new customers only and good through the end of August. Preseason and regular season tickets are available right now. The Jaguars kick off their home schedule September 16th against the New England Patriots, and you can be there for all the excitement. All Vivid Seats confirmed orders are backed by a 100% guarantee. Go to VividSeats.com or download the app and enter promo code LOCKEDON for 10% off your first order. The offseason is over, the NFL is back, and Vivid Seats wants to help you get to the game. 
So Chris and I were both in attendance for the scrimmage last night. Neither of us utilized our field passes. We kind of came and enjoyed it as fans. I was with a couple of friends. Everyone is really excited for this season to get underway. And I think you could tell because normally the scrimmages aren't too well attended, at least in the past. But I think I saw the count was about 15,000 people and they were only opening half of the stadium for it. And it actually felt like it was a solid crowd for a scrimmage in comparison to some of the camps. (laughs) Yeah. And, I mean, camp can only hold about 4,000 people max uh, out at the practice field. So a lot of people filled into the stadium compared to what people were seeing in camp. Uh, it was a good show. It really was. But uh, the team looked pretty solid on both ends of the field, kind of like in camp. Uh, it was just consistent, seeing a lot of the same strengths on the field. But, Chris, what were some of your takeaways from the scrimmage? Well, if I had a lead right off, uh, if I could just lead off with an MVP for camp, I would say it's probably punter Logan Cook. Uh, all through camp, I was kind of skeptical of Cook because I never really saw him a whole lot. And when I did, he was kind of up and down. But man, that man can punt and directionally punt. That is, uh, I want to say probably on the night he probably had maybe nine punts, and I'd say probably six, at least six. Man, I'll probably even say seven. Uh, were within the ten yard line, no matter where he was punting from. So, uh, a few were within the five. So I would just say that. <laughs> We might get a huge in, a huge boost in punting going from Nortman to uh, Logan Cook. I showed up a little bit late to the scrimmage uh, while I was meeting my friends there. I probably got in about 15 minutes late. My friend, who I was sitting with, this is getting a little personal, uh, he is a punter at West Point. He got a scholarship to go play there from Nice High School. And I told him, you know, hey, man, I'm, I'm a little late. Send me some updates of what's going on, thinking, oh, he'll tell me if Blake makes a play, something like that. The first three texts I got from him were about Logan Cook. <laughs> and he was telling me, he was like, wow, this dude can really hang the ball. And his directional punting, like Chris said, has been something that's been very fun to watch. I think he's taken on a lot of pressure to start camp, not only because two days after he was drafted, Brad Norman was cut. So he immediately won the starting job as a seventh round pick, like the fifth punter off the board as well. But he's also been handling kickoff duties. He's under, while one of the better special teams coaches in the league, one of the harshest uh, (laughs) special teams coordinators in the league. And Joe DeCamillis, absolutely awesome guy, friendly guy when he's not on the field. But when he's on the field, you can hear him from clear across the uh, practice facility, just screaming, ripping into players if he needs to. So a lot of pressure, but at the same time, what a great guy to be under, like to learn from as a developmental punter. And I think that's really going to reap him some benefits for sure. Yeah. uh, One on the, uh, I'm trying to think of the word, on the salary cap, he's going to be, a boost because he's on seventh round punter money. So uh, he won't be making the three to four mil that Nortman was going to be getting. So that's a huge boost right there. And then two, he might actually perform better than Nortman. So it's always good to get better in places like special teams, where I'd say was probably the weakest unit last year. Uh, A lot of breakdowns in some areas, whether that be punting coverage, whatever Joe day Camillus is going to fix that right up. And, the Jags really overhauled the special teams unit in uh, free agency in the draft. So that should be interesting to see, at least. Hopefully just we don't see anything uh, from a cover standpoint, and then I'll, hopefully we see many punt and kickoff returns for touchdowns. That's like what you were saying, how they've really overhauled special teams. I mean, I'm just trying to think of all the guys that are going to be either their first year 
in the system, whether it be just brand new to the team or brand new to special teams with the team or entering their second year. So you've got the Donald Payne, um, all the new guys that were signed like Niles Paul, Cody Davis, Don Carey, drafting, obviously, Logan Cook (laughs) gets added to that. I think Leon Jacobs will have a role in special teams. Like They're going to have a lot of new faces out there with the special teams, and I think that's going to be really important. Big project for Joe D, but he's obviously been able to handle it because he built a damn good special teams unit in Denver when he was there. Uh, Now, my observations from the scrimmage, I, like throughout camp, have really been watching the receiver group. It was so shaken up. Yes, there were the returns of Lee, Cole, Westbrook, but two of those guys are ending their sec- second year. Lee was on a contract extension. He was the least likely, if you asked like two years ago, the least likely guy to be kept on the team after contracts started expiring with the names of Allen Robinson and Alan Hearns obviously leading that pack. No one thought Lee would be the one that was kept, but he was. He's entering this uh, as... I think he was called like the catalyst of the group by one of the coaches. I, I think it was um, McCardell that said that. So he's the leader of the group. They have Moncrief, and I don't believe Moncrief got much time last night, or he might have gotten a little bit, but they've been rehabbing him from a small injury. I think he missed four practices, but he was working on the side fields every day. The word is that he will end up being fine. It's something very minor with his ankle. Uh, then you've got Cole, who showed a lot of growth throughout camp. Uh, Westbrook, who's shown plenty of growth. Not as much, I don't think, as Cole, but definitely some growth in the intermediate, um, short and intermediate game for sure. And Chark as your kind of locks at receiver. So I've been watching all of those guys. And last night there were several like wow type of catches that I saw from, especially at the end of the game from Didi on the... Um, fade route in the back of the end zone against AJ Boye, where he went up and made a spectacular catch on a great throw from Bortles. Mm-hmm. And Lee did the same to Jalen Ramsey on the sideline, a couple of eh, maybe a drive or two before. And it's just like, these guys are going up and they're attacking the ball. And I don't really know how much we've seen that out of these guys before. We've seen that out of Allen Robinson. We've seen that out of Allen Hearns. So seeing those guys really take over that role as guys who have a niche for the ball, like know where it's at, I I think that's a pretty big deal, especially when Bortles has certainly improved, but placement's never been his thing. So if the ball's not getting placed perfectly, it's good to see these guys making big adjustments. And I've seen that in Chark throughout camp. Cole's made a couple of real flashy, flashy plays where he's got to go and make some adjustments to the ball. Westbrook and Lee uh, hope to see the same out of Moncrief. We just haven't seen enough out of him yet. Yeah, Cole had one of those last night where uh, I think either Bortles was a little early on the route uh, or on the throw due to pressure or Keelan was a little late on turning. But nonetheless, Bortles throws it to uh, Cole and Cole turns his head around just in time to be able to get his arm on it and kind of tip it up to himself and catch it. So that was kind of an interesting play. Uh, That was good for about 15 yards. So it was just good to see kind of his reaction be able to save a play like that where in years past he'd probably just bounce off his arm and hit the turf, but Cole was able to make that play and keep the uh, quote-unquote drive alive. And I think before we move on to talking about the preseason game – the most important thing that we really have watched in camp, and we've talked about it, there are all these other things for us to take away from it, but the most important thing to watch is how Bortles has improved yet again. And 
I still wouldn't venture to say he's very consistent. He's more consistent than he was in the past. He shows accuracy a lot better. He's improved his decision-making, but there will still be a lot of head-scratching throws every now and then. It happens. He cut down on turnovers dramatically from last camp. Last camp, remember, I don't know how many interceptions he had, but he had five in one practice. And throughout training camp, if you include seven-on-sevens, he had four this year, three in in 11-on-11. So that's dramatic improvement. Last night in the scrimmage, there were still a couple of throws where it was like, Blake, you know, what are you doing? There was the two-minute drill where he threw, it was an interception deep down the field. But for the most part, you're starting to see a lot more of those, like, I don't know, in the past we've been so impressed when it's like, wow, Blake just made that throw. Like the Keelan Cole uh, reception against the Seahawks. It's like, I can't believe Bortles made that throw. You'd see like one of those every now and then and be so impressed by it. And I think those might start becoming a little bit more normal than the head scratching throws. And that's not something we're really used to, but if camp and the scrimmage are any indication, I think we're going to start seeing a little bit more consistency on the good throws over the bad. Yeah, I mean, he stated in his presser, uh, not to hold too much longer before we move to the preseason game, uh, but he did state, he said this camp, the lows haven't been as low. Uh, and I think that's a very true statement. He still had some kind of head-scratching throws in place, and I don't think those are ever going to go away with Blake. Uh, like ASJ said, he'll make a mistake, he'll come back and sling it again. That's the quarterback that he is. Uh, but he is right where it says the lows aren't low because he hasn't had a five-interception practice where he said maybe now in this year he might have a bad drill or a bad few plays compared to last year where he would just have a straight bad practice. So I think that's really encouraging to see with Blake going into this first week of the preseason. Definitely. And you mentioned it right there, the first week of the preseason. When we come back, we're going to be talking a little bit about how the preseason is knocking on our door with the Saints coming to TIAA Bank Field this Thursday. Sometimes it's hard to find time to go to the gym because, you know, we've all got a busy schedule. I myself try to get to the gym as much as possible, but in running the Locked On Jaguars podcast as well as a 30-plus-hour-a-week job, you know, it gets a little difficult. You get tired. You're not able to make it. But do you ever wish that the gym could come to you rather than you go to the gym? I certainly do. That's why I'm starting to use something called Nordic Track. Nordic Track has a series of training equipment to give you amazing workouts in the convenience of your own home, including treadmills, exercise bikes, incline trainers, and my personal favorite, you know, machines to work with your strength, whether the dumbbell lifting, barbell lifting, get, getting swole, right? That's what we all want to do. We all want to have impressive bodies. I'm not there yet. Chris isn't there yet. We're all, it's a work in progress. But you can join high energy streamed workouts any time of the day without stepping out the door. Uh, joining these streamed workouts in both studios and exotic destinations around the world. Start your day with a run through the streets of Paris and end with cross-training on the shores of uh, Thailand, or work out on the African safari. Workouts are led by the world's top personal trainers to ensure you meet your fitness goals. We have a special offer for our listeners here at Locked On Jaguars. Get $75 off your Nordic Track purchase by visiting nordictrack.com slash locked on and using the offer code locked on. Again, visit nordictrack.com, N-O-R-D-I-C-T-R-A-C-K, Dot com slash locked on as in locked on Jaguars and use the promo code locked on during checkout to save $75 off your purchase. We are so excited. <laughs> I'm sure you can hear it. It's the preseason. 
everyone loves the preseason. We love watching the starters get two drives and get yanked. But regardless, it's here. That means about a month left, and then football, real football, will be here in Jacksonville and on our TVs when they're away. But you get the point. The Saint, the New Orleans Saints are heading into Jacksonville for the first preseason game of the year for the Jacksonville Jaguars. And like I said, to kind of open this little thing up, I think the Jags might get like one or two drives out of their starters max. Yeah, I mean, I think maybe from the Jaguars, but I I wouldn't surprise me if, Bl- or if Drew Brees doesn't even see the field. Uh, him being, what, in his 40s now? Uh, I don't think, 39-ish, something I don't like think that. that. I don't think this game really matters to him. I this, I give the starters maybe one drive. If they turn it over early, uh, they'll still axe it, but I think they might get one decent drive uh, uh, from them. So, obviously, that's not great from a fan standpoint, but at least we'll be able to see us going against them. It's not us versus us anymore. The hitting's going to be a little bit harder. Uh, the play calling actually kind of matters a little more, and it's not just drills where coaches are staying in the back. It's kind of live football, so that'll be just good to see because it's been so long to see an actual Jags drive. Uh, but like I said the stars aren't going to be in long, but I think we should just all kind of enjoy that we're finally seeing football. I think guys like Chark and stuff might be out there for like a good amount of series because they're not uh, Chark is their second round pick, but I still think since he's not like a veteran, he's going to still need to get all the reps that he can get against the defense. Same with Taven Bryan, and he had starting reps last night with Calais Campbell being out of the scrimmage with, what was it, a hamstring or calf injury, something like that. Bottom line is Bryan was getting a lot of reps, and I think they'll try and utilize that even for these very highly valued guys. What this will do, I think, is give everyone a good look as to exactly what the Jaguars' depth looks like. And for years, the team has been trying to build solid depth. I think they finally found it. Someone said to me during this past week at training camp when we were watching, they said, Jaguars first team, it's obviously like a great team. Like this is a top team in the NFL. Their second team, they finally have really good depth. They have guys that could plug in and you wouldn't worry about them really missing too much. Their third team, (laughs) the guys they just kind of used to fill the bottom of the roster that the Canadian scouts were there during training camp for, the Canadian scouts can have them all. (laughs) <laughs> it's um it's going to be interesting to see you know how some of the, if there are any diamonds in the rough of that third team that could end up sticking around uh fighting for those low level 53 man spots uh the second team you know from what we could tell in camp looked really good so we are going to want to see just how they perform against other teams other competition but, I mean, we mentioned Kessler and some of these receivers and the backup corners. We're going to see how they do in live action against other teams. But I think that'll be the most important thing is really watch the depth this upcoming week and in the next couple of weeks to see. Because the Jaguars were so lucky with injuries last year. No teams are ever too lucky, especially for multiple years in a row. So try and get comfortable with these depth guys. Try and understand how good they are, what they do best, and see how they can help the team going forward. And I really wish that this game was like a week three where we get the starters for three quarters because I really want to see how this defense can go against guys like Alvin Kamara, Michael Thomas, Drew Brees, uh, just a whole bunch of playmakers on both sides of the ball uh, to really strengthen each other. I feel like this would have been a really good team to see. But obviously it's the preseason, so you kind of just got to live with what you get. But if maybe if we do get to see starters from the Saints for maybe just one drive, it'll be interesting to see kind of how they can contain like Kamara, 
Michael Thomas, Drew Brees. Uh, that's basically the big three for them, but it's a really good big three. Uh, but yeah, it'll be interesting. I think Yannick Ngakwe against uh, Ramchick will be good. That'll be fun to see. I think you hit the nail on the head with wanting to see them against guys like Alvin Kamara because the team last year, they struggled with receiving backs. They really did. Um, that was one of the weaknesses in the defense. It's something that they need to go against. And while Kamara can certainly hit it off as a runner, he's also a very, very valuable you know, pass catcher uh, out of the backfield. And that's something that we would want to see the Jaguars in the preseason just to try and get a glimpse as to what they can do with those type of guys. See if they've made those steps in being able to go against those type of players. So that means we're probably going to need to look forward to like week three when the starters are playing a lot and the Falcons are in town and we've got a guy like Tevin Coleman. He's not nearly as dynamic as Alvin Kamara, but that's just something to watch for. And I'm sure we'll get into a lot more of those matchups when a, the Saints game gets a little closer, and we do another pod before then, as well as the Falcons game and some other games throughout the season, preseason, as we get ready for the regular season to come knocking. But uh, I think just, just to add oh, on, at least against the Falcons, we'll obviously talk about this later on, uh, you will kind of get that little dual dynamic, because you'll have Tevin Coleman and Devontae Freeman. Uh, so that'll be interesting to see, but obviously we'll talk about that in two weeks when that game is rolling out. Definitely. And I think that'll just about wrap it up for us here at Locked On Jaguars. So as I said at the start of the show, if you're listening right now, no matter where you're at, no matter what type of streaming platform you're using, be sure to throw us a subscription, leave a rating and review, tell us what we're doing well, what we're not doing too well. Let us know. We love the constructive criticism, but you better leave us five stars. (laughs) Uh, um, Be sure to throw a bookmark up at the Locked On Jaguars website. Uh, got some new guys coming along, as well as, obviously, our writers we've already got on staff, like Demetrius and Rory. I'm probably forgetting someone right now, and I feel terrible. Zach? Yeah, um, yeah Zach, do it. <laughs> we got a lot of good writers over there. Be sure to follow them all on Twitter. I don't feel like saying all their handles right now, but you can find it <laughs> on LockedOnJaguars.com. 